Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, Mitch and Stewart's The Professionals. Uh, one hour of Newcastle United crack, but we are going to start with international crack, Mitch. We've been talking about it before we came on. Uh, and Tom Dixon preempted this discussion anyway by saying, do you think Southgate should get sacked after their defeat to Italy? Um, my view, Tom, on your question is, I think Southgate should get sacked um, if we get beat off uh, Germany, I believe, we're playing next. I think his runner form has been horrendous. I think he's missed the boat. He's, he's done well, but he needs to, you know, maybe they do need to move on and get a new manager in. Um, I don't particularly care, though, is the other thing, uh, Tom. And that's pretty sad, isn't it, when you're sitting at home uh, on a weekend where there's no football and would rather catch up on a box set uh, that you'd want to watch rather than watch the international team. I think that says a lot about... Um, the international team and international football at this moment in time. And I also think the Nations League is a load of pony. Uh, I don't like it. I've got no interest in it. I've got no understanding of it. We've now been relegated. What's that all about? Getting relegated in, in, in international football. So, Tom, great question to start with. I was going to start with England. Um, you've, set, you've set the blue touch paper off. Mitch, are you the same as me, or you? Uh, have you been out watching the England game? And are you similar? You know, are you, yeah, similar. Well, can't watch the England game here because being the Nation League is so pony that being haven't paid for the bloody rights. So <laughs> we're watching it on a dodgy Indian box and Goodfellas, you know. But at the same time, um, I think if he was a club manager, he would be gone. I think the problem is we have at international level. It's it's a it's a closed shop. It's jobs for the boys, and it still is, and it will always be. You look at these squad selections. There's nothing exciting about these squad selections. He picks the same people, whether they're in form or out of form. And then he'll tell the press he picks people in form and then pick somebody like McGuire and Shaw who aren't even starting for that club. It's ridiculous. Um, we've got millions of pounds, billions of pounds worth of talent. And he picks a squad with about five right backs in it. That's ridiculous. There's, there's just so many things going on at that level that don't make sense that irritate. Um, for me, my problem with international football has always been historically association with Newcastle United. The minute one of our players plays for England, they get sold five weeks later. You know, and, and so that's why I'm also a little bit raw about uh, international football and Newcastle United. But um, I don't see what he's doing. I don't see his plan. I don't see his formation. Um I see a, a, a problem with the, some of the players he's picking and he doesn't seem to want to be able to move from that. Uh, I don't think he's exploiting the masses of talent that you have in English football at the moment. Uh, we shouldn't be losing to Hungary. We should be giving Italy a better game than that. We should be giving Germany a better game than we're giving them. Um, for me, yeah, I think his time's done, but I don't think you're going to see anything until after the World Cup. And even then... Um, I'm not sure where they'll go. Best description of him I've seen so far is Steve Bruce with a 28-inch waistcoat. Classic. Stu, your uh, allegiances are slightly different to ours, uh, so you can give an independent view of being a Scotland fan. Yeah, I, I don't see all of the fusses. I think Southgate's doing a fantastic job. <laughs> 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 put that aside like, say from an outside of looking at I don't watch the England games uh, but I always find it curious whenever England get to the finals which they do and through seasons they very get a better draw but that's that's earned and deserved and this is what this nation league is about but we said just before we went on show it's mental if Scotland draw uh, against Croatia on Tuesday uh, the playing in Poland for obvious reasons that Scotland will then be promoted to the top band of European teams and England will be in the second band. Now, as much as I support Scotland, uh, England do have a better team and there's there's no getting away from it. There's not one Scotland player I think that would get in the in the England team. But then it's how the team's managed, isn't it? You know, we've had this how many times have Newcastle played and we've said that one of the opposing team would get an hour starting eleven, yet we get beat. So yes, but again if we've 
we'll use our memories, we go back to Euro 96. The run-up to that was very poor. And England then went on to the semi-finals. Bobby Robson was going to get sacked before Italia 90 and the, to the point where it was agreed he was leaving. And then got the semi-finals, the heartbreak, probably the closest uh, England have been, irrespective of like to the World Cups I'm talking about. But the, the Nations League was brought in to because the friendlies were generating money. And I think if, if we're trying to bridge two subjects at the same time, they, they weren't generating money, they weren't getting the viewing figures. So they concocted this Nations League to try and make it a bit more interesting. But if the teams don't take it serious and people pretend they're injured when they're not and and everything else, then it, it's, it's never going to work. But there's not much they can do. But the... What will happen come November is all of a sudden everyone will get on the periodic bandwagon again and England are going to win the World Cup because they've managed to beat Tunisia and Iran and stuff like that and maybe going to draw with wheels and that's it, we're on the way. And as soon as they play a decent team again, uh, this sounds like sour grapes because Scotland aren't there, but I'm well used to that. So <laughs> there's, there's no way I am giving a try to give an independent view. Uh, England do have a, a huge wealth of talent at their disposal, but we're blinded with the, the stature the Premier League has worldwide. And a lot of the star quality in the Premier League isn't English-born talent. And that's why there's a premium for the English players with the rules that get brought in, etc. But uh, by the by, the should Southgate get sacked, I, I think you're right. It, it has been a job for the boys, but... I do recall this time last year he was getting touted for a knighthood. And then when he got the World Cup semi-finals, this, the same thing was said, you know, it was a ride to Gareth and waistcoats were selling out across the land. So I think we're going to really try and be a bit more reasonable with it and think, right, OK, they've, they've lost what in all effect is a few meaningless friends. It doesn't matter to a country of England stature. Same with Spain, same with France, etc. Because France gets some horrific results in this. That are, are they going to be thrown out or are they, are they going to get relegated? It doesn't seem good being linked with relegation, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. It's how they turn up in the tournament and all the players fit and ready and do they have a formation that can succeed. And irrespective of what they, they must say, England have performed, well, at least got the results in the last two tournaments. So it's easy to criticise Gareth Southgate because some uh, players are, aren't performing. But I think the one thing he should be critical of and what he has become, I think, not a laughing stock, but people can snigger at, is his loyalty to certain players without mentioning Manchester United centre-halves and things like that. It's, it's terrible that these players are getting chosen. If you're not good enough for your club, you shouldn't be good enough for your country. Uh, unless there's really, really exceptional circumstances. But too many, like the before not mentioned centre-half, his left-back companion as well, they're not getting a game for the, t for the club. If you were someone like Ben Chinwell, Chilwell or even Matt Target, uh, you'd think, what do I have to do here to actually get in the squad? I'm performing week in, week out on a consistent basis and no matter how much I try, I'm not going to get played. Played in the ice and the cake for me this week. If it is a criticism of Southgate, is why take Tony there at all? Mm. You know the, the the lad's confidence would be crushed now. You know he was on a high. He scored a hat trick. He's, he's in the England squad. He goes there, and he's thinking, right, if it's a nothing game, even if they don't get relegated, they still stay in the top echelons of the Nations League. Give the lad a run out. If you go and get relegated, give him a run out anyway. But he kept with the, the players he's, he's trying to test with. And the clamour will rise for Pope as it gets nearer, especially for the Newcastle fans. But I think now couldn't be why people are seeing Pope's um, a more rounded keeper than what's an a calmer keeper than, than what Pickford is. So I feel bad talking about England in such a way, but they do have a pool of players that are capable of winning that tournament. Where whether they get the opportunity to or not is, is, is it depends on the players he picks and the, the squad he picks. But again, take Tony, play him, and if you're not going to play him, don't take him because well, it'll help us because we're playing Brentford soon enough anyway. So his confidence might be a bit crushed. But we're, on the flip side of that, we'll make the backlash of it as well. But Scotland may be in the top group. Imagine that Scotland are classified as, as the same as Spain and is the same as 
like France and, and Germany and Portugal, it's it's ridiculous. It really is how this nation's league is, is working. But think of a better format. Mm. You picked three left-backs and yet waited until the 70th minute to play one on Friday, says yeah. Chippers. Rafa for England, says Dave. Um, Derek says he was looking forward to the new series of Ghosts rather than watching the England game. Gary supports Scotland, <laughs> just like yeah, just like you. Uh, Southgate signed a new contract, which was crazy. Club first, couldn't be second. Always, Jeff reckons that England under Southgate is like us under the, uh, the management of Steve Bruce. He doesn't have a clue. Neil says thinks he's lost confidence in his own ability after coming so too uh, close in the last two tournaments. He's biased towards certain players as a joke. Too many square pegs in round holes. And Gary says you do have better crack with Scotland, though, Stu. Um, he's been on the lash with both. Um, the question, I guess, that we all want to know um, and answer to you is if Southgate did go, as Julie suggests, maybe he's after the World Cup, um, do you think how could be the next manager uh, of England, Mitch? He could be in the conversation, of course he could. How many England, how many managers, if they want to look at an English manager, what have we got to pick from? And so he could be in the conversation. And, and if so, I hope we milk them for every bloody penny. You know, um, I think it's something that it's always the problem with being successful or being seen to be successful, even though we haven't necessarily been terribly successful. We've only lost one game. And so you've got to say, if England are going to come looking after the World Cup and say, right, we need a new manager, we need somebody who's progressive, who understands the modern game and understands the players in the Premier League, and then look at what... What how did particularly last season when he came in? I mean, what he did in the Premier League is something never been done before. Probably will be a long time before anything close is done again. Um, and that's got to be noted and noticed. Um, and if that's the case, it's up to him where he wants to be. I think it depends on what he wants to do. Uh, would he take it? Or would he prefer to sit tight and keep our job? Um, only he can tell you that. Uh, from a from a club point of view, um, like I say, my my bias is simply because of years of watching players get called up for England and then being sold. So I'm sort of irritated when it when the England conversation comes along almost by default. Um, be typical for them to come and take a manager from us as well, but. Um, who else? You've, you've got to see it. Unless they're going to look at foreign managers, how many of their managers could be in that conversation? Are they going to go to Chelsea for Potter? Well, you know that's going to cost them a hell of a lot more because he's just signed a, a brand new a brand new contract with them. Um, where else are they going to go? Who are they going to look at? But uh, I think uh, I think it's something he's, he's got to be in the conversation personally. But uh, I wish he wasn't. What do you reckon, Stu? Eddie Howe, is he a shoe in Do you think Newcastle will uh, be on their guard about this potential situation, development? It depends on who you believe, because if you listen to the press and follow supporters, Eddie Howe is not a good manager. It's only because he's had the blood money and millions to spend. So why would they want him? That's the way I'd like to look at it. However, uh, if we, I think if we went back 10 years uh, and the positions were the same, Newcastle were managed by Eddie Howe, we just had the takeover, etc. And he'd achieved what Mitch uh, alluded to there. That's never been done before. Also take into consideration the way Eddie Howe conducts himself. He's eloquent, he's well-spoken, uh, he's very measured in his answers, very diplomatic. But he's also very, very tactically astute. I think he would have been a lot more tempted than what he would be. Now, I, I don't think the prestige is there now to be... A, attached with the England manager, the England manager's role. And for the one to point and fingers, I, says, I think that's that changed since Sam has got the job. And if you look at how England, the managers of the past were pretty revered, like Bobby Robson, the, the Greenwoods, the, the Alf Ramseys, and then you, you start giving up uh, to people like Allardyce, and then people like Southgate, who did fail at Middlesbrough. It's... The lack of viable options aren't there, so I would say Eddie Howe would be very, very high on their list, if not top of their list. But whether he would want to, after putting everything into this project, 
you know, he's he's shown himself twice at interviews as, as me and Mitch are fully aware of. Uh, he really wanted this job and the, the amount of work he's put into it. Do you think he'd walk away and after the skyscraper that uh, my dad refers to, the the foundations he's put in place, they're now just coming above ground level and it'll skyrocket pretty quickly because anyone who knows anything about construction, uh, which I do because I'm an erection specialist, I just thought I'd share that one with the panel. They're, they're not bring anyone... on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I guess Sweepy was far more noted. Yeah. Um, the if you know anything, but joking seriously, if you know anything about construction, the hard work is it's like a duck across the water. The hard work gets done underneath, but once the construction starts, once it gets back to ground level, it goes up pretty quickly. And, and I think this is what's going to happen in Newcastle. So I, I believe the time invested, the emotional links and commitment that anyhow now has with his job, I think you'd find it very hard to, to walk away from the England job. And he's seen it before, you know, you can be flavour of the month one minute and then scapegoat the next. Uh, and I believe he, he thinks he's got the back end of the Newcastle support. Uh, I wouldn't say indefinitely, but he, he's got plenty of credit in the bank. And as a manager of a Premier League team, that goes a long, long way. So I, I reckon that's... Uh, if he was offered it, he would allow the club to refuse the talks. You know, they might say, yeah, go on, if you want to speak to them, let them refuse it. Because he is good enough that once he's completed what he believes is his project with us, then he might say it later on, because the job will always be there if, if they're really that good. But if you want to open another debate, if it wasn't him, if it wasn't the new Chelsea manager who's clearly not going to take it, who would they approach if they wanted English manager? There isn't many out there. Mm. People suggesting that you take blue pills, um, and you need. And Gary says he needs to see a doctor for that, Stu. Maybe we we'll oh, have a mass. Maybe maybe we can have a mass. I'm saying maybe we can have a mass debate about this later on. Yes, you um, could. Yes. Well, maybe let me tell you a little story there. I swear to God, when I was working in uh, Tenerife, I had a, a woman work for us uh, by the name of Jackie. I certainly forget. Figures, isn't it? But Aranti wrote for EastEnders, uh, and it was Jackie Evans, that was her name. And because she was Evans, that's where the family was it Barry Evans and his dad that got brought in EastEnders. Yeah, they used that name because she married in the Evans family. So, believe it or not, the skip writers fall on things they're familiar with. So, when she was talking to her auntie, she kept saying, like, Oh, they, uh, my boss, you, my boss, you, and all that. And she says, oh, she wants to put your name on EastEnders. I said, oh, just get it on the side of a van. Stuart Pemmon, erection specialist. I said, I would love that for the rest of my life. But uh, apparently they understood what it meant. And it never, <laughs> it never happened. Through. It never <laughs> happened. Erection did, but the van didn't. Brilliant. Uh, Chippers and everybody else in the chat. Yes, you're right. Steve Bruce definitely deserves that job. Uh, I could just see him smiling away like that, but in an England shirt. Good luck to uh, Brucey uh, when the call comes. I'm sure he will take it. Anything that ends with a paycheck for him uh, for failure, I'm sure uh, he will uh, he will love it. And um, yeah, there's uh, Stephen Kennedy. Anyone see Tony Adams kicking lumps out of his partner on Strictly last night? <laughs> well, actually, I have had a chilled out weekend and I did have that on in the house last night uh, in the background. And yes, I did see it. He was absolutely terrible. Um, but he was, yeah. And, and he admitted he was as well. He said he'd much rather be playing football. So, but yeah, he is on there. I, I, I don't think he'd be troubling the, the winners list uh, at all. Jody Toombele says, come on, lads. Bruce is the man. Uh, the press knew it. And Paul says, I think if we get beat off Fulham uh, and draw with Brentford and do now against Everton, I think he'll have his fingers crossed England offer him the job because these owners are not going to mess around, which is uh, interesting um, uh, to say the least. Let's just briefly talk about Castore. Uh, there they are, their lovely brand, uh, which we've uh, talked about on the show before. I received this tweet from Kevin today. Um, he said, more classic work from Castore. Uh, hashtag better never start. Ordered first hour of release, chased for three months. Order cancelled now due to lack of stock, despite showing as in stock for the duration. Come on, your castle, time to bin them off. It's still going on, Mitch. I mean, we're now coming into the, you know, the, the, the next busiest period other than the start of the season, which is Christmas, and they're still not getting orders right. Mm. No, you're right. And, and I think that the, the, I've had little bits of information from people involved in the various parts of the chain of supply. Um, I certainly kind of won't use names because it'll get certain people in trouble. Um, 
my understanding is there's been problems all along from both sides of the, the, the partnership, as it were, from Castoria's side and from the club side, revolving around sponsorships. And when the sponsorship was finally decided it was still going to be funny at the eight, um, that there's, there's been issues between the club and Castoria about who would take responsibility for certain things. My attitude in this is, is, is wholly, it's got the club's badge on it, the club need to take responsibility for it. Bottom line, somebody in the club should be kicking story absolutely squarely up the arse with a size 11s and saying, get this sorted. This is an embarrassment to us. Um, Castoria seemed to be overstretched. There seemed to be like a company run out of this mom's spare bedroom. There's too many times when you see so many things that are just not befitting of a Premier League supplier. Um, we shouldn't be seeing stuff like that now. People chasing stuff for three months, being told it's not in stock. Um, there's still problems with supply. The Noon, my shirt sponsor, out here. You go on to Noon, you still can't get a shirt. Like now, it's still on a wait list. Um, so I'm glad I cancelled the ones I had ordered because I'd still be bloody waiting. Um, it's a mess. It's an absolute godly mess. The problem is, is there's problems on both sides, so it's very difficult to stand up either the club or Castoria to point fingers um, because I think there's probably contractual things that need to end out. Um, but it, it, it's massively embarrassing. And I think that, that for me, at the end of the day, the people who should be taking more respons responsibility for it is still the club because it's the club's badge and everything. Um, it, we shouldn't be being treated like this as a fan base for wanting to buy stuff which has got our own badge on it. There needs to be something better happening. And it's just not. And it's no better now than it was at the start of the season or in pre-season. And I think... Um, Look, I, I, there's definitely connections to Mike Ashley, but not directly. I think they share a lot of supply chains. I think that's why you find the story in some of Ashley's outlets. Um, but there's no direct link to Ashley at all. But there's no doubt that that contract that was signed was left almost like a little leaving present for us to deal with, and they haven't dealt with it very well. I'm quite sure Darren Eels will be on it. Um, whatever's going to happen from here. Um, I would like to think it's still on the radar that we've got a problem and the problem is it's our badge on it and so no matter whose fault it is the club should be taking responsibility and that's just my personal opinion it's, it, when we talk about how many ways the club and the new owners could get easy wins this is an absolute one goal It's um, something which I didn't think we'd be still talking about now I've got to be perfectly honest but uh, Pippa McFish brought it up on uh, Twitter and um, obviously he's quite annoyed and uh, you know even George George had problems uh, you know Neil's dad and I mean obviously most people uh, are going down the route of getting shirts from other outlets you know what I mean and um, buying abroad a cheaper version because they just don't want to end up in this situation with regards to you know either cancellations non-arrivals or the arrivals of the wrong shirts or wrong sizes it's, it's just a it's a farce how on earth anyone can run a business like this is beyond me well there's a multitude of answers and possible explanations which may sound like excuses and I also want to cover what uh, Mitch's reply was as well and offer something back but Perhaps Castoria, because as, as you know, they've got three three premier clubs, they've got Rangers, they've got the England cricket team. It seems to me that they put more, budget, uh, more money into their budgets uh, for brand awareness than they have actually into supplying it. And did they grossly, how do I phrase this carefully, without swearing, make errors? on the demand that would have been for Newcastle without the fact that Ashley wasn't involved and the, then there was a new ownership coming in. Did they not foresee that? Uh, but this, it's not just Newcastle. Other clubs have had, and this isn't in defence, this is a, an explanation. Other clubs have had prob similar problems as well, not just with Castori, but with others. Uh, shirts that are manufactured in the Far East, you know, and they tried to blame like the price of electricity, this, that, and the other. But the... To get to, to Mitch's thing, now, yes, the, our club is on the 
badge, our badge is on, is on there. But we we know uh, from personal experience, if you're dealing with Saudi Arabia, they don't want to be associated with something that's failing or not successful. And it might actually suit them at the moment that it's going this way. And it gives them more leverage to, to say, right, you are out. I don't care if you've got an extra, you are out. And they've got all this documented. And they'll play the cards when it suits them. There's no point in pushing us out. We talked about this a few months back, as you said, Steve. If they started pushing out and got them out, imagine the uproar. Everyone has to buy a new strip again. You can't bring a new sponsor in, whether it be Adidas, Nike, Admiral, Bukhtar, Umbro, whoever, and then say, give everyone who's bought one a free strip. You know, so it, it has to run its course. But the, it's unfortunate for those getting uh, stuck. I was fortunate enough to go back for the Forest game, as you know, I sat with you. And I bought 10 shirts for people over here from the club shop. But even then, people were asking for certain colours. Like, uh, some people want the blue one, didn't have the sizes, so they had to get the white one. Someone want the white one, didn't have the size, had to get the black one. So it, it has been, a, a, well, I'll say it, it's been a clusterfuck how they've messed it all up. Uh, and they really have, it has been a mess. The demand... Should have been expected, it should have been anticipated, and it should have been mostly covered. But I'm still against people buying shirts from overseas dodgy outlets without naming them. For the simple reason is this money does go back into the club, uh, and that's why I got mine from the club uh, from the club shops. And it's it's important that we the owners are putting the money in. They are backing us as a fan base. We need to start backing them. But I understand the frustration, especially for Kepa McFish. So I said that one is straight face. Who's waited three months for the shirt? It's thankfully that will be the exception now. I mean, I know there was big pandemonium, pandemonium at the start where there was loads of mistakes and the, the stitching was wrong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when you're rushing jobs, mistakes made, and and it's happened. Hopefully, people have been refunded for any errors that have been made and have had the shirts replaced. But I, I firmly believe this will all play into the, the hands and next year we'll have a shiny new sponsor who pays silly money, well, in comparison to what we've been paid recently. And um, we'll have a brand new shirt sponsor on top of it and we'll have a brand new sponsor of this and a brand new sponsor of that and the world's a better place again. Yeah, loads of snake tops uh, were seized uh, in Newcastle and the North East last week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, people wouldn't have to go to those lengths of buying those kind of tops um, if it wasn't for the fact that the story were making such a bad job of it. So hopefully things will get sorted out. Tom, the answer to this one is no, I'm afraid. Um, it won't get cancelled. Too late now. Game will go ahead. And Newcastle fans, once again, completely inconvenienced, having to find their own way down to the Stick game. The game. Yeah, exactly. And, and and the other thing as well, haven't really talked about it on the show, but, um, you know, I, I see Mick Edmondson in the back page now and then. But, you know, I know the last uh, Amanda who runs Shambles Travels. Um, you know, there's so many buses at the moment now struggling um, because of the, the, the rising cost of hiring a bus. Um, mm -hmm. Just to, just to get to to some venues now and some stadiums, uh, the, the the price for a bus has gone up by about a thousand pounds, which means that that has to be passed on to the supporter. Um, so, for example, a trip to Fulham now, instead of costing thirty thirty five pound, which it probably would have done in the old days, um, is now costing up to sixty quid. It's not viable for Mick Edmondson now at the back sure. page to put a coach on, uh, which again has a knock on effect because then it means that those people who um, can't get a bus, who would then have to get a train, now can't get a train because there's a strike on, which only leaves yeah. you either driving down yourself, finding somebody to drive, or getting a flight. And, you know, it, it is going to affect it. And I've said this on the show a few times now, it's a, a lot of it, a lot of it, Mitch, is, is deliberately, almost deliberately happening, and, and some of it's circumstantial, but some of it's deliberate. Um, and, and I mean, the way that Sky rejigged re the fixtures, you can't plan anything because they could change it at the last minute, uh, meaning you lose the cost of a, a rail ticket or a, or a hotel. Uh, and ultimately, it's making it more and more difficult for away supporters comes, to travel because they don't want away fans there. Comes back with something we've touched on a few times on We Are The Jodies and Three Amigos over the last few weeks. Um, if you want to look at it, if you take it at face value, you know, you say, okay, it's just the way things are at the moment. But if you want to go down that tinfoil hat line of thinking, um, an Americanization of the game, 
away fans are almost anathema in American sport. Um, you do get them, and you still you do get get some hardcore ones, and you do actually end up sometimes seeing punches thrown in American stadia, but nowhere near what. Um, we have, and also they don't segregate. There's no way end in the NFL, for example. If you've got uh, Kansas City playing the Raiders, which is pretty much like Newcastle Sunderland, um, the Raiders fans are mixed in with the, with the Kansas City fans if they can get tickets. And so th- th- there's no concept of an away end, there's no concept of segregation. Because it makes it easy to police and it makes it easy to get away. And yeah, okay, yeah, sometimes talking about bigger distances in the US, etc. But also travel in the US for bigger distances is cheaper as a result. Um, it's very convenient for clubs if they don't want away fans there because then it reduces the policing costs also. And if, is this the way they want to go in the brave new world of effectively European Super League? Maybe. Who knows? Are they softening trying to slowly soften them up to get we used to the concept that there's not that many wave fans there now? Um, like I say, we're a little bit in tinfoil hat territory there with that, but um, it's difficult not to think that way when so many different things are happening at the same time. And I can understand people who think that way because there's so many things happening at the same time, um, but it, to like. <laughs> Like we've said before as well, for them to cancel Crystal Palace Brighton because of um, the train strike before anything to do with the, the Queen passing and things like that. And then not to do that for us if going to Brighton and now again for going to Fulham um, just shows what they think about us as a fan base. They really don't give a monkey's. Can you see a time when there's no away fans, says Steve? I can, Stu. I, I really can. I can because it, you know everything. Everything is getting changed, moved around, and it, it's just a gradual. It's a gradual thing because again, it costs a home club money. They have to pay for police um, stewards, and, and you know wipe the away fan out. Um, then that saves you money, and then you know basically you get the opportunity just to beam it back to those fans. It. it I, I, it'll kill the atmosphere. I don't agree with it, but I, I just I always felt that was something that they were trying to do. Well, to me, that'll be when the bell tolls. That'll be the end of football, as we know, if the stop away fans. Um, we've all grew up, our parents have grew up. We're learning the new generation. I mean, we're, we're talking about uh, Mitch's lad, Josh. He's, he's doing what we were doing 30 years ago. Uh, and it's, it's part of it. And you go to a home game, and now we're a bit older. I can see you, Steve, sit next to your dad, muttering, going, "Oh, they're bloody out singing us," you know. And you know, come on, lads! And it's 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 part of the culture. And this is the bit that sticks in my craw more than anything else. Is it's someone, or not someone, uh, a faction of people, a group of companies, trying to tell people how to think and, and what they should be doing. What they should be doing. This is our club, this is our game, this is our heritage, and away fans are a huge part of that, and if there's no atmosphere, the, and I know I said it last week, when I went on my little bit rant, so I'm going to try not to do the same this week, but the, 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 it's, a, it's the common man's game, and when you talk about going 55 quid to get to, to London, it, it's crazy, but the thing is with the Sky Sports, they'll know the loyalty of Newcastle. But if, if you've got if people are working on a shoestring, which a lot of people are, unfortunately, at the moment in this, this austerity state, you pull the shoestring too tight and eventually it snaps and something has to give. And if they're not good at the game and they feel like they've been robbed of that relief, that sorry, release, that, that getting away from the mundane life or, or the stressful life, the, that 90 minutes is their release. And if they've been taken away from that, why would they even subsidise Sky Sports to watch it on TV? It's, it's not the same. Uh, I was going to give a different analogy, but I just remember the time in the UK, so I'll keep it clean. So the, the point I'm making is, is the, I, I honestly believe the fans will fight back, just like they did last year. And we know it's been mentioned on, the, on all the shows that you, that you do, Steve, that they will keep trying different, testing the water things. We'll try this, we'll try that until... 
they'll either wear or what they believe is they'll wear the ordinary fan down or mm -hmm. we'll brainwash them into it. Now, this is the bit I mentioned when we put the tweet out before about the hypocrites and stuff like that. The, the press are guilty of doing this. You talk about Gareth Southgate. As I said, he was he was a riser. Gareth just under a year ago. Now it's like Saka, he's clueless. He's the same person. Maybe he's different colour ways, coat or something. But yes, he's, he's tactics and he's players' picks and his team choices can't be questioned. But the word questioned as much last year when things are success. So people want success. People will push for success. But if you take away the that debate and you feel like you're getting told what to do, people go to work and get told what to do they don't like it. They're not going to do it with the leisure team and their, their free cash. Uh, and you've seen the revolt with Chelsea fans, Manchester United fans, fair play of them. They made sure that ESL didn't happen. Uh, and eventually the, the rest, Liverpool did it as well. And uh, eventually the rest had to adhere to it because they didn't think the it's the silent majority, isn't it? They've got a shock. And this is why they, you talked about it uh, last week about let's play one round of fixtures away from... Like in the in the states, I know Mitch has mentioned that a, a couple of times. Why don't we just create franchises like what they're doing with cricket and be a northeast team? You know, it's not going to happen. People will fall out of love with it. The game of football won't die in in this country, but the the popularity of the Premier League will, and they, they can't afford that because no one around the world will watch uh, half empty stadiums or half full stadiums. Yeah, That's why. We've got, we got a taste of it during COVID. Where, and I mean, there was no yep. fans in... Uh, it, it wasn't, right, was it? And if you look at the Spanish League, for, for a while they dominated the European football scene. But if you watch the games, a lot of the stadiums are empty and they don't travel as well as well. It may be the geography of it. But the Americans are used to it because it's not like us. We call it, it's a far trip to go to London and it's 300 miles. They're talking about five, six-hour flights to some way fixture. And it's it's a big flights, not buses, not coaches, not trains. It's it's a different mentality. Uh, so if they want this to succeed and be as prof uh, profit as possible, they need to buy into what the actual fan thinks and give them what they want and give them more of it, not give them what they want because there will be a bite back on it. So with the hypo hypocrisy of the press, and yeah, we can come from from like siege mentality, it's always against Newcastle, you know, and there's certain journalists which I don't want to mention because I don't want even, even for a couple hundred watching this, give them any more exposure. But if they're saying bad things, it suits the narrative to say bad things about Newcastle. You know, there was one journalist because Sheffield United uh, said happy national day for Saudi Arabia. He, he referred to it as grim. Had it been Newcastle, it would have been gruesome. It would have been, you know, it would have been epileptic, terrible. But this same journalist, uh, well, his friend, I'll say his friend, Miguel Delaney, uh, I had a, and I will say, a debate with him on Twitter a few weeks back, which you were aware of. And he answered the questions, and I answered his question. But then he wouldn't answer the questions I was asking. He would change the narrative. and was like, oh, well, this should be on the front page of the newspapers, not the back. Because I was asking like questions regarding like Chelsea's missing money. Where's that? Oh, that's for the front pages. But something that happens in Saudi is for the sports pages. And that's he kept sticking to the same thing, but never answered the question. So when these journalists are they talking about how MBS has broken the race of five British nationals from Russia? Where's that? Oh, that should be for the front pages. So when you ask them, why aren't they commenting on about Mason Greenwood? Why is he in the Manchester United squad? Every single person in the country knows why he is in that squad and knows he should not be in that squad. But that's not talk about. That's not discuss. Why are Tottenham allowed to have so much debt and then leverage it alone? Just We know it's false accountancy. How is that allowed to happen? We've mentioned the Chelsea money. They're all at it, but they want to pick in the castle for one reason. They're scared witness of what, of what we've got and that we can gear crash their little cosy party and we'll do it legally. And we've got the best owners in the world to do it legally as well. So that was me little rant, but I had to get at these journalists for the hypocrisy that they, they keep coming out with. If they're going to say the bad things, have the decency to say the good things as well. Yeah, 100%. Be, be, be partial, not impartial. Or be impartial, not biased.
yeah, good, good. You know, that's the one thing about here. Yeah, at least we get the opportunity to have our say and get what we want out there. Let's talk a little bit about football and uh, another international injury blow for Newcastle. Tom Dixon points out with striker Chris Wood forced off after 35 minutes with an injury for New Zealand in a 2 0 defeat against Australia. Um, we're not getting much luck, Mitch, uh, on this um, on this injury front at the minute. And I mean, luckily. They don't seem to be long-term injuries, injuries which are going to keep players out for five or six months. But niggling injuries to Bruno, to Isaac, to ASM, and now to Chris Wood. It's all of our forward players. And at the moment, we are struggling to score goals. Yeah, but again, I'll come back to what I said on Friday night. I'll look at it more as a glass half full. Of all the, the injuries during this international period, um, I feel like Bruno, Isaac, have been looked after by their club, by their countries, and taken up as a precaution. The one that probably is more worrying is Woods pick up an injury in game time, and that's probably more significant. Whereas the others haven't even been given any game time, and that's probably precautionary. Time comes for us to play our next league game. That hopefully they're going to be okay. We don't know what the extent is. Again, I had a little mini many rant about this on Friday night about the way injury reporting in football works and the fact that in, in the States and injury reporting is a lot better but mind you the driver for that is betting, it's not sport per se um, but I think we don't know what the extent of the injuries are, we don't know what the injuries actually are and so um, I think we need to just sit tight and try and be glass half, glass half full, not glass half empty but I can understand why people are having a little mini panic about it. And of all the injuries, like I say, Woods is the one that's probably more concerned because it happened during a game. It wasn't a withdrawal. It wasn't somebody pulled out because just in case, etc., etc. It's actually happened game time. And so that probably is more of an issue. But hopefully, all will be welcome the next kickoff. Yeah, it, like I said, Tom, um, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to be without these players for weeks on end, etc. But it's it's injuries, it's niggling injuries. We're picking them up, and hopefully, yeah, we've, we've timed it right. ASM, though, is, is you know, we were led to believe it wasn't going to be too long, and he's still out. And uh, you know, we we'll just hope that he's going to be fit for the for the next game at Fulham. So uh, yeah, look, it's just niggling injuries, and always seems to be that the forward players. Stu, yeah, I mean, look, Chris Wood's become a comical figure to some. Um, you know, I, you know my views on Chris Wood. I, I think he's been a valuable, a valuable signing. I think we've got more than my money back from you know just the, the form that he showed in the nine games uh, that we went unbeaten uh, to help us stay up. But um, it is just you know just just another one to the list, isn't it? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with what you say about Chris Wood. I think the three of us here have been huge advocates of him, and, and yes, it's a diminishing minority, but. As long as we appreciate, as you've just mentioned, the role he come in, and I always go back to that Watford game at home and the the Cambridge in the Cup, and it was we were crying out for something, and I still believe he got us 20 yards up the pitch, further up the pitch, which gave the defence a time to breathe, that got them a few further forward, and as you said, we went nine games unbeaten. That nine-game run gave the players the confidence. That was the catalyst for our, for our well, I wouldn't say success, but our... <laughs> or not getting relegated last season and it gave us the springboard to build on but the question regarding the, the injuries is you can link that to the first question of tonight's move regarding like the Nations League games and the, and the like the players aren't taking it serious either they go there because they don't want to miss out on the World Cup so they'll attend they, they, they don't want to be seen as not wanting to represent their nations so they'll go and attend but if that was a World Cup game I guarantee you Bruno and Isaac would have both been fully fit to play. They would never have mentioned a slight strain, this, that and the other. So it shows to me that the uh, the players themselves prioritise the, the the club over the country. Uh, there's players that, Ryan Giggs did it for years at Manchester United. Of course, that was never said in a bad way, you know, but now it's, it, it's happening with us. So I think Bruno will play at the weekend. But why would anyone be bothered with Chris Wood? He's been lambasting for weeks and months, and but he, he'll come on and he'll do he'll do enough jobs for us to either keep us in the lead when we're getting hammered, and he'll be the first man on the post at the corners to clear them out, or he'll be able to get the ball flicking up, run it in the corner, hold it off. 
because he's hard as goat's knees, isn't he? So they're not going to take the ball off if he's got his back to them. Uh, and and I, I really am a big fan of of Chris Wood and, and what he's what he's done for us. I think that group of players that come in since the takeover all deserve every bit of respect from all the fans. And yes, he's not the answer going forward. I think he's aware of that. And even if his role is finished with us, the role he played was the magnitude of his role he's played has allowed us to be now getting linked with the likes of players we've talked about all summer. Because yeah. if we'd got relegated, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, he gives his all, says Vince. Totally the same with Wood, lads. He pulls on the black and white shirt and gives his all. Club Alang yeah. is in the chat. He's had to sack his gardener today, he says. He was a little bit rough around the edges. Yeah. Very good, Clover. Very good. Uh, and Derek Sharp uh, says he loved Botman putting the club first above the Dutch under 21s. It's only the 21s, Derek, but yeah, listen, good, good, Anderson. good attitudes. Good attitudes to have. Uh, club before country, that's what pays the wages for them and that's what pays the bills. Diamond Tints says, lads, if Rafa was free when the takeover happened, would he have been brought in as first choice manager ahead of Eddie Howe? My understanding is yes. 100%. This man would have been Newcastle United manager had he been available and Amanda Stabler may have come in. Yes, 100%. He would have been in. They were part of the plans. He was part of the plans. He was the manager. He wanted to come back and take the project forward. Um, and that will always be one of those situations where I think he wishes he'd been free and available. But he was the one who chose to go to China and then obviously go to Everton, Mitch, and it's history now. Mm. You confine Rafa to those black and white history books, don't you? Proper sliding doors moment. Um, I think it's fair to say categorically we can say we, we understand that that was all in place um, and had the takeover not been held up for the time that it was, things would have been very, very different. Yes, 100%. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's, there's any way we can um, dress that up in any other way. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. In history, we'll see something different happen because of X, Y, Z. Like I say, sliding doors moment went one way, but had to go another. Um, who knows? Who knows? Perhaps we may be sitting here in ten years' time, looking back at the the previous um, history of Newcastle United from that point and say, actually, it worked out really well. Rafa for England, Mitch. Uh, do you know what? I can't see him as an international manager. I think he's too hands-on day in, day out. I've seen that said about Howe as well in the, in the chat. And I get get that. They're managers who are quite intense day in, day out. I don't think there's enough with an international job to keep them happy. I think they'd be itchy and they'd be twitchy. And so, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I can't see it, personally. Um, I don't know which way England and uh, uh, the FA would want to go post-Southgate. Um, depends on if he flukes his way to a semi again. Um, it looks really good until the, the big game happens. Because that's effectively what's happened. He's, he's, he's hit really well until a big game happened. And, and, and for me, against Italy, on the Euros... Um, we were coasting and then we went into our shell. And all he had to do was keep a plane at the same level of intensity in the same way for another 40 minutes and would have been fine. I really believe that. Um, so it depends on where the FA want to go with it. But I can't see Rafa being in the mix. I think Rafa's too opinionated, too strong a character. The FA couldn't handle it. Yeah. Yes, you. You agree? Yeah, I, I, can't, I think Rafa would take it because he, his reputation and, and his opinion, as much as it's achieved, you're always as good as your last game. So he's always as good as his last club. And I'm sure he wants one more spin at the big time to, to right a few wrongs. But uh, England manager, I, I, I really can't see it. But I want to mention something about Southgate again. When we, I know we talked about him earlier. But I, I believe the the... Saying that the stick he got was manageable. Every England manager's had had abuse over the years, but when you're getting thrashed at home of Hungary, uh, and bear in mind Scotland beat Hungary last time we played them, which wasn't uh, only a couple of years ago, 
the, it's, it's, and you've got a pool of players like England, that's when you start feeling, has he lost the dressing room? And that's the worst thing that can happen to a manager. And if and I didn't see the England game on, on Friday, I, I watched How to Get Away with Murder. I was watching that series. Um, all right, Chippers, there's a school's closed today. Is that why he's coming? Right, so the, the <laughs> I wanted to, regarding the, the, the Southgate, is if he's lost the dress room, Friday could have been about pride and the players apparently put in a better performance. And it, it's all about their own reputation and their own egos. Uh, and, and they need to make sure that the that their what's the word reputation still intact if the manager does go. You know, it was like he was a bad manager. He wasn't us. It wasn't us as a group of players. He played us all wrong. But the, 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 it's too much player power now. And Rafa, if he got that England team, I, I don't think the egos in that team would handle Rafa. Because uh, to answer the original question regarding. Would he have got the Newcastle job? Used to a far more qualified and far more and privy to a lot more information than I was at the time. He was nailed on for it. Uh, there wasn't even another manager to be looked at and, uh, until he took another job and then the takeover got sped up a lot quicker at the end than, than what we all anticipated. So as Mitch referred to it as a sliding doors moment, it could be one that works in our favour for a change. Uh, because I'd love to see Eddie Howe still there in 10 years' time. And at least up until 2030, then he can parade all the trophies he's won uh, around Riyadh for the 100-year celebration and, and the vision in Neom, the, the 500 billion city that's been built. You know, and again, all the good that's been done in Saudi Arabia gets overlooked because some people want to sit, stick in about other things as well. So if, where there's a yin, there's a yang. And if we're having a balanced discussion, have it, but... I think now with whether people want to blame COVID or social media, a lot of people are capable of having a balanced argument or discussion. Sticking with unadventurous tactics and selecting the likes of Harry Maguire means Southgate's running the risk of becoming a laughing stock. But with a different manager, it will be more than interesting to see which players they would choose and the tactics to go with them. That's what happens when uh, things change, though. And um, yeah, I, I agree with Stu. He, he, you know what, what he said earlier about Southgate. Um, you know, earning that opportunity, you know, because of the fact that he got us to, you know, a final and a semi-final. Uh, obviously, we lost both, but you know, he has earned that opportunity. And you know, let's see what happens. Julie mentioned it earlier as well. Sacking him fifty days before the World Cup. What what purpose is that going to serve? You know, but it just means that they're going in on the crest of a slump. Maybe that is what they need. They go in and, and the, the pressure's on. And we saw what happened in nineteen ninety. The pressure was on them. Bobby Robson's. Head was on the block and, uh, you know, England England performed to the best of their abilities. Jordi Toonvalle says, uh, Southgate plays with seven defensive players plus a keeper. How the hell can it be entertaining football when so many talented players don't get a chance? I've got to, I mean, I didn't watch the Italy game, um, but I know people who did. I know big England fans who watched it, who were there, and they said Italy were just as bad. They just got the goal. Yeah, it, was, so, it, was, it was a rubbish game there. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely rubbish all round. It was dross, mm-hmm. and, 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 and to the point of you've got two teams packed with um, international talent in inverted commas worth probably billions of pounds between the two squads. And do you know what? I think that probably would have rather gone in much later. Yeah, I think it would have been a more exciting game. Yeah. And that's not the not the decry gate set, but you know, you're talking about differences differences of standards that are exponential. It was an awful game. And and it, and again to give you the measure of what how it was received out here, I watched that in a bar with about seven people in it. They just weren't interested. Yeah, it, there's a lack of interest one hundred percent. look at what happened to Mike Bassett. In his run up in the World Cup. Terrible. Uh, sw- switch to 4 4 2 and bingo. Good point, Andy G. Uh, Kirk99 says when players play for England, it's about brand, uh, it's about their status for boot deals, pure vanity. They cannot motivate themselves. Very interesting point that. Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, last point before we finish tonight from Sean. We'll take his question. Lads, how important is a cup run this season? For me, Sean, it is very important. Um, League Cup, FA Cup, whichever. Uh, both would be fantastic. 
Um, but I think it is important. And I think a, a run into the later rounds, quarterfinal, semi-final, um, shows progress, definitely. But why not go for Wembley? I'm sure Eddie Howe would love to get the Wembley in the League Cup. I think it would be great if we could get to Wembley. And like we've already seen against Man City and Liverpool, you, you imagine you're going to end up against one of those teams if you get to the final. Um, we've got nothing to fear against these teams. And the chance to go to Wembley and play a Man City or a Liverpool and have a free-flowing game of football could 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 be the you know the actual you know the ignition uh, for this football club. Because once you win one trophy, as we've seen with Man City, Manchester United. Liverpool in recent years, all of those teams have gone on to, to have success. But the League Cup is something which Man City take very seriously. And I think it's what Newcastle should take seriously too, Mitch. Look, we, we're coming out of a period of 13, 14 years where at one point, relatively early on in that period, the incumbent managing director, Newcastle United, pretty much said, well, we don't give a fuck about Cups. And, and took that hope away from it in an instant. And so a cup to at least look like we care in the cups is important. To at least look like we wish to progress and use this, as you say, as, as a potential point to ignite Newcastle United. Um, look at the reaction when they actually washed the windows. What would happen if we, win, if we win a cup? I think Newcastle are great to halt probably for about five days because everybody would be too busy partying. You'll not see me for a fortnight. Um, you know, it, it, and I think what at the point where we need or we would like to be enthused and excited again and have that level of hope and a really good cup run will do it. And again, you're quite right when you say if we can get decent draws and somehow plot our way to a final when we come up against one of the so-called big boys, we've already shown we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. So we have nothing to lose, nothing. And how long is it since we've felt like that? That would be fantastic. And so, yeah, pretty damn important to at least show we care. If we get knocked out, if either of the cups and were just done on the day by a better team, you know, you hold your hands up in situations like that. But so there's times we've lost and gone out with cups when we just look like we haven't been bothered in the last 14, 30, 14 years. And that's got the end. We've got to really show that we care first. And secondly, if we do get decent draws and decent results and end up in a semi or a final, um, we know there's, there's nothing to fear. So we can go and enjoy it. Uh, and I think that really is important for the next um, couple of years to show that, look, these are our best opportunities potentially to win something. Let's see if we're going to net it this week. Stu, cup run, is it important, mate? I think I know the answer. Yeah, it is. It, but when people say, oh, we'll, we'll get a cup run, it's, if we take on further what Mitch has said there, it's, it's not the round that we go out in, it's how we go out. You know, if we get if we draw Man City, we haven't got the, we don't decide who, who gets drawn in the cup. Although the corrupt six are trying to even alter that now. You know, the look of the draw was always the, has always been the phrase. But if things stay as they are the way the cup draws go, we get Man City away. We do very well to progress to the next round. But if we go there, play full strength, great. And we get beat, we accept it. But if we have something like we did when we played Oxford and got beat, Cambridge, you know, and you play under strength and get beat. To me, that's never been acceptable. Uh, but that's just showing our vintage, I suppose, rather than buying into the, the way the Premier League dominates all, but it shouldn't. But uh, a cup run, to me, the, the only success for us would be to actually win it because we haven't for such a long time. Getting to a final, we've done that. I don't want it. I don't see uh, getting a semi as a... As a as a success, I remember I'm an erection specialist, so getting a semi is not, not a success. Um, the, the way things are with us being the Newcastle, we can want too much, but we are capable of it. And if we look back over the last 20 years, some of the teams that have had success are uh, respectfully smaller clubs than Newcastle, but even that's now 
getting more limited. If you look over the last five years, who's been winning the, the two domestic cups? It's been dominated by, I would say, three or four teams. You can say talk about because they don't win. But then you've got Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester City. They've won the, the vast majority of the of the last five seasons' trophies. I think Man United won one in 2016 or something with, when Abramovich, no, Abramovich was playing for them. But these are dominating. God of the days where Coventry beat Tottenham. You know, and you've got the Keith Houchin diving in. That's what the cup was about for us. You know, when it was the FA Cup final, it was on all day. You, you're on the coach. Well, not physically, but through the TV. You're on the coach with the players going to the ground. You wait outside the hotel. You get the the, the build-up. The, they've got the cup final songs. Maybe we're just being too nostalgic and, and we need to move with the times. But the the fact that the the money is changing everything, and, and this is why Mike Ashley prioritised the Premier League over everything else. And as you both know, I know this from personal experience, that the players were actually looking forward to the to the weekends off or the long weeks off when it was cup week, because they knew in the fourth round and fifth round will either go away on a jolly and Newcastle Cup with Tenerife and I went out with them a few times. They'll go to Tenerife or they'll go somewhere else, what we'll call warm weather training. Because they knew that they didn't have a squad big enough to to or strong enough or good enough to win a cup. So they didn't try. So it's not just the order, you've got to question the mentality of the players. But now you've got a leader like you're in Trippier there. You've got the quality of players we've got and the quality that's going to be added. I can genuinely see us Within a trophy in the next two to three years maximum, I, I really think we can because the with Eddie Howe's help, the the attitude, the mindset's changed, uh, and with the the owners' demands for success, it'll change anyway. And if anyone doesn't want it, there'll be surplus of requirements pretty quickly. Mark Bayhas, I'm not going to start this debate. I might do this tomorrow. You should get yourself on the show if you can, Mark. If you're available tomorrow night, seven to eight. I'm not sure how that figures with your work pattern these days. But he says, I don't see the point of the cup run unless we win it. May as well go out in the third round as the semi, in my opinion. Mark, how am I? We've had enough of that over the last 14 years. Uh, OK, uh, as always, great to chat to Stu and Mitch, the professionals. It's been a great show. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to all the moderators. I'm back 7 o'clock tomorrow night for the Monday Club with Joe Walker. And it's your chance to come on the show and have a chat with us. I'm going to play out with the ads. Take care, lads. See you later. Thanks, Big thank you to skipsandbins.com, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors, you can find them at 304 Old Durham Road, Gateshead. Telephone 0191 478 2730 or email Darren at Darren or go to the website Darren Baldwin or go to the website Darren Baldwin and thanks to Three Property, who specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property or email phil at 3property.co.uk if you're interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks also to Mr. Vicky Sources. They are handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at mrvickies.co.uk or give them a call on 01768 Thanks to Media Ops for all the help with the video technology side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk for makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the NUFC Matters logo in the bottom right-hand corner and you can subscribe for free. Hit the thumb up underneath the video and to like it, it does us a big favour. And click share to share to your social media, such as Facebook and Twitter. Maybe it's added to a Newcastle United group. Uh, you can also make a donation. Just hit the thanks button underneath if you're enjoying the content and you want to share something with me or the people on the channel. And you can also click join which means that you uh, commit to maybe a monthly membership 
or you can become a cult member. How do you do that? Well, you go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and you search for membership. What do you get for your £25 one-off payment? You get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf, and entry into the monthly draw. We also have a smart code. There you go, the QR code there. If you put your smartphone over it, it'll take you straight to the website, and you can get involved in a cult membership pack today. We also give you something for nothing. If you subscribe to the show, then email john at nufcmatters.com and get your free car window sticker now. We also support the food bank on here, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk is the match day bucket website. You just need to go there and you can make a virtual donation. Don't forget, during the season on match days, we're at the Dog and Parrot with Supermac pre-match and post-match. And we're at Pumphreys, John Anderson and John Gibson, pre-match only. Also got the takeover anniversary party coming up at the Irish Centre. Tickets are £2 on the door and uh, you can get your tickets for that from nufcmatters.com. And Supermac will be at the Terrace Club in Seton Delaville, Friday the 11th of November. Tickets are a tenner, table is £6.50 and you can get those tickets from 0191 237 0133.